In golf, you aim at a spot, but you play to an area. The word development to me is more long-term mastery type mindset. A lot of like little demons, little voices in the head. I think you just learn to live with them. There's a lot of talented people that are really dedicated to getting good. Why would I think about a shot I haven't taken yet? It's not always going to be perfect. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We've got my other co-host, my partner in crime, Matt Cermak here for the 200th episode. Can you believe that? What's up, Ev? Good to see you. 200 is special. 200. a long way. 200. We really have. Don't go back to those early episodes. I'm warning you. Don't do it. Uh, if you want to uh, laugh. If you want, if you want entertainment, <laughs> go ahead. Um, but guys, if your golf game is off the rails, if you're sick riding the struggle bus, you've come to the right place. The part train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. The Par Train Podcast unpacks the mental game with PJ Torpros, best-selling authors, CEOs, sports psychologists, everyday golfers, and more. And you'll probably hear from all of those folks today to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This episode of The Par Train, like every episode of The Par Train now, is presented by Roback Activewear. And Serm, you don't know this, but last week's episode, I had to send an extra snippet to add into our intro because I was so excited about the shorts. I had Brett, our editor, add that into the, because when we recorded the intro, the shorts weren't out yet. So right. I had them added in. We're both actually wearing the shorts right now. We, we don't take you, them off. I literally haven't <laughs> taken them off. I probably should wash them by now, but I, ref, I don't want to go without wearing them. Yeah. They're that good. They're incredible. I got the Navy on today. I got the I, mint green. I, I wore the mint green all last week. And this is actually my first time wearing the Navy. They're unbelievable. They're so versatile. How are the Navy? They sent me gray and mint. I'm getting the Navy soon. Are the Navy got, good? Yeah. Just classic Navy. Fits like a gem. You know, I mean, <laughs> the, these shorts are great. Now like, let's and, talk about this for a sec, yeah. because I think both of us were a little surprised when they told us before they launched that they would not have belt loops. And I True. think we're both happy. They don't. Yeah. I think we need to tell the listeners about that. Yeah, I mean, they're still really sharp, and I don't know, Ev. I mean, again, this goes back to rowback. Play, play golf in them, work out in them, run errands in them. I'm going out to lunch in them today. You know, I'm hitting the town. Um, Happy anniversary, by the way. One-year anniversary with Shannon. We love Shannon. You're going to um, be wearing your new rowback shorts on your anniversary lunch. How about that? Well, that's what we do. So, no – blown away by the shorts of i mean i could see you having you know with that la weather all year oh yeah you have 12 hoodies right so maybe you maybe. might have six or seven pairs by next month you know my favorite look is shorts and a hoodie so i'm gonna need every color <laughs> they drop i'm gonna i'm gonna get them but guys just a little bit of context before we get to this intro they've been working on bottoms for two years that we all know what roback does with the tops they crush it everything they do is amazing so they've been putting a lot of time in everything they do and launch that's new. We know because we talked to them behind the scenes, they don't stop and they don't drop them until they beat like a Lululemon Viore level, like whatever the top of the line activewear is, they don't stop until they outdo them. And yeah. it makes sense. I mean, the fact that they don't have a belt loop, you're right. I mean, I wear them with everything and if you're going to like a casual round of golf and you don't tuck in your shirt, they look like regular golf shorts. Yeah, they do. Right. Yeah. It's only the drawstring and the flexi waist 
that would not. So if you're going to like a really nice country club, maybe you, you would pick shorts with belt loops and wear a rooster's belt. But every other round, you're probably going to wear these. Right. They're that good. Absolutely huge fan of them. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on every color. Rowback.com, enter the code TRAIN. If you forget the code, go into the show notes, tap that link. You can always get 15% off auto-applied in your cart from that as well. Thank you to Roback as always for the support. And thank you for the shorts. Finally, we've got bottoms. Super pumped about it. Okay, 200 episodes. Sarm, let's set some context before we talk about what it means to have 200 episodes, because I kind of want to get your thoughts and have a moment of, you know, reflection. We got to smell the roses a little bit before just moving on to 201. But first, let's give people context of what we do. Now, this is a kind of a tradition. Every 100 episodes, we go back and we pick our favorite eight sound bites. And for new listeners, these are your best episodes, I think, because you can listen to this episode, get a taste of eight other episodes. And now you've kind of got your roadmap for like what episodes to start with. This was not easy process. We combed through hours of footage. Uh, We did our best to try and find a lot of different types of sound bites. So what we're going to do is we're going to start from the beginning. What we did was the best, our favorite sound bites from episode 100 to episode 200, because we've already done a top 100. That was actually episode 100. You can go back and listen to that. But this is from episode 100 to 200. And we're going to start from the beginning. So we're going to go from episode 106 with Tiger's old coach, Sean Foley, all the way to episode 192 with the Red Rooster guys. Then we're going to go in order. So with each soundbite, I'm going to remind you the number episode it is. So you can go back and listen to it if you'd like. I'm super excited to get started. But first, before we dive in, what does it mean to you, sir, to have yeah. done 200 train rides? It's pretty great. I have a couple things. I think hard work pays off. Put your mind to something and you stay and just continue to do it like we have. I think we've really seen this, this show develop and have an impact on people. It didn't happen overnight. <laughs> it didn't happen in the no. first 50 episodes, but you had to keep doing those episodes. Us being authentic, we're very honest. We talk about what we want to talk about and we get guests we want to actually talk about. That's huge. That helps just in life, you know, just be authentic when in doubt. And we've learned so much about the game, about life from all these great guests. And an episode like this is a cool look back and what are we doing with this information, right? And and to the listeners, what are we doing with this information? Hopefully we're, we're applying it, you know, but to take in all of this knowledge and experience experience from all our guests. I mean, who gets to do that? We're, yeah. we're, we're very, so very, very grateful and very lucky to be, you know, surrounded, you know, in this environment. Yeah. It's funny to look at the arc, you know, of how we started and where we're at now. When you start something like this, it's a bit daunting. You know, I posted on Instagram the other day, the look of our Instagram page on day one, you know, and we had our terrible logo that I designed with us in the windows, cheersing with a St. Louis Cardinals and Chicago Cubs logo at the front of the train. I love that. And I was so, <laughs> I used to be so nervous to start this show. I used to get a little sauce. I used to have at least three to four drinks. Now I hardly drink. So it's funny to see the evolution of it. At the end of the day, I think the coolest thing is just the sharing of experience. You know, I think what really made the show what it is today is the belief and the realization that our experiences matter because when you start and no one's listening or when you start and no one's following you, we think we have to do stuff to get notoriety. 
you know, or you think you have to try and do stuff that would be popular. And then once we just started talking about our own experience and trying to get better ourselves, everything changed. You know, yeah. I think hopefully, and I know we are from the comments and the, the messages we get, but I, I hope that it continues that we are providing a feedback loop and a community for people to share their own experiences and get curious. And instead of getting down about when the results aren't there, you're either getting validated or educated, right? We've said that before. So let's use this community and this train to help each other get educated, learn about our tendencies and get better through that sharing and that experience and that awareness. A hundred percent. And yeah. to kind of close it out on this, it's, we have to keep talking, whether it's our golf games, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a forever process, right? Yeah. And the more we talk about it, the more we share our ideas and our strengths, our weaknesses, our fears, you know, and I think this is what the show's about, just keeping the conversation going. So, yeah. And ironically, this is full circle, just so people know, this show started because Matt and I wrote a speech for our buddy Ryan's wedding. Now, Cermak and Ryan are writing a speech for my wedding. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try and get someone to record that. We don't have a videographer at the rehearsal dinner, but I'm going to ask if someone can have their phone out and capture that. Maybe I can share some of it on Instagram or something. We look forward to delivering the goods. So the last thing I'll say before we get to these eight sound bites is stay to the end, because at the very end, I think Matt and I are also going to do a little bit of a recap, not only of everything we go over today, but just reflecting on the last hundred episodes. I think we're going to talk about maybe our big takeaways from all the great guests and things we've learned. So definitely stay to the end. You'll probably get a nice takeaway nugget there too. So, all right, should we jump in episode 106 with Sean Foley? Heard of him? Tiger's old coach. Big time. One of the wildest interviews we've had. That kind of started it all was the interview with Sean Foley. It was Sean house. It was great. Yeah. We threw out the outline almost immediately because Sean likes to talk. The guy can talk for days and he'll take you places you never knew that you were meant to go. So, um, all right. So this is from Sean Foley. And then I just said, uh, man is born free everywhere. He is in chains, uh, shackled to the confines of his own mind. So pretty much, pretty much from that day on is why you guys uh, know who I am. And so that, that, that understanding was so massive that I was fully responsible for all things. Massive, right? As soon as you completely get rid of victimization within yourself, then you're free to go. He basically said, I think it's a Bob Marley quote that he had as a tattoo. We were asking him about his tattoos. And it's like, men are bound and shackled to the confines of their own mind. And the reason why I wanted to start with this, I know it's deep, but you know, I love that stuff. The reason why I love this show, this is one of the biggest reasons why I love the show, because we are confined by the shackles of our own mind. There is no absolute yes or no. There is no victimization. There is no, they did this to me. Yes, that stuff exists, but it's how you look at it. And once you start learning this stuff and practicing it, and you could have started from this show, which just warms my heart. You could have started with using awareness to understand when you're getting in your own way on the golf course. Guess what? You can do that when someone says something to you at work or you're in traffic or a family member says something that 
sets you off or triggers you. I mean, everyone's got these experiences and things that get to us, but the ability to see it as an old pattern instead of something that has to set us off the rails is the skill as to why this show exists. When Sean talks about the reason we know his name is because of this skill, I think explains the power of he would have never been who he is if he didn't learn how to control his own mind and shape it in a way that helps him grow and helps him learn. Look, at the end of the day, experiences aren't binary. You know, someone could be pissed with a five-star steak because it's not hot enough at a, what do they call those restaurants? Michelin star restaurant. Michelin star restaurant. CEO of a company could be pissed, right? And then you could have someone in a third world country that is feeling nothing but joy because they got clean water, right? So it's not the experience that dictates the feeling and it's the way you look at it. It's the expectation. It's your lens, right? So this isn't as golf focused to start, but I thought it was really powerful. Sean Foley has a tattoo about it and it's, it's totally transformed his life. So if we know Sean Foley's name because of this skill, imagine what it could do for your life. No, that's great. Ev. He was a really awesome interview, obviously world famous for being Tigers coach for several years and coach Justin Rose and all the best players. I think the quote does say a lot. And I think the game of golf can bring people down so much. Right. And I think anything you're trying to be good at in life and it's just not happening, but golf is just, as we know, so challenging. And it's so easy to say, I'm just not good at this sport. It's just, yeah. I can't get better. This is just, yeah. you know, and that's, we've all felt know, it. And that's, you get trapped into that victim mentality. So and you got to break free of that. Great way to start. Sean Foley, you know, it's funny looking back at the show in terms of notoriety, definitely one of our in terms of famous mm-hmm. golf guests we've had. So. Fantastic. I remember when that happened after the episode, we were like, what just happened? Right. We, while it was happening, we're like, we can't believe this is happening. Right. And that's kind of the power of just setting out to do something like nobody knew who we were. Not that many people know who we are now, but a lot more do at now, least though. we did enough where Sean fully said yes. And he took what, an hour and a half with us. Yeah, like, it was so wild. So uh, again, awesome. that's episode 106. A lot of you newbies that have hopped on this train probably haven't gone back. Episode 106 is a good one with Sean Foley. So thank you again to Sean. Fun way to start off this little look back in memory lane. So episode 120, this is a mental game roundtable. And this is with your boy, Eric Straub, member guest partner, old college teammate, and also with his mental performance coach, Ward Jarvis, who we've had on the show a few times, who coaches Brendan Todd, Lucas Glover. Jimmy Walker is another one. Jimmy Walker, yep. So- You want me to just play it or do you have a preface before? No, play it. Okay. What was I feeling? Maybe I can convince myself. One of the other kind of terms is performer as actor. You know, you can kind of trick your neurological system to believe that, okay, I am optimistic. I am automatic. And I'm just trying to emulate that stretch of holes that I was in. Maybe it's three or four holes. Maybe it was a nine, you know, and I'm trying to just work on that because as time goes on, the more you work at it, it's another nine. It's 12 holes that you're feeling that. It's a, you finally complete a round. It's eliminating that feedback, that fear of where it's going to go, like you said, because those thoughts are going to come in. And if you try to just totally block them out, like you said, you're going to get a little more anxious, a little more stressful, and they're going to just 
you know, in, intensify. But if you can just recognize that those thoughts are coming in and, and recognize and say, okay, I'm thinking about that, but that doesn't have any bearing on what the shot I'm going to hit is, you know, then that, I think you guys talked about it before the last dance, you know, Michael Jordan says, why would I think about a shot I haven't taken yet? You know, why would I worry about the result of that? Love that from Eric, obviously a great friend of mine, former college teammate at Missouri state. We're playing member guests together. Now his member guest and, I really think about Eric, who's always been a great player, but he's, he's gone to new heights with his game in these last couple of years. And have you know this, a lot of that has to do with all this mental training he's done with Ward and yep. putting in the time to really understand his mind out on the course to ultimately better affect his game, his swing, his short game. And, and he's a two-time club champ and competes. You know, he was in the mid-am last year. So what I really liked about this, Ev, is – this is Eric working on not being afraid of success. We talk a lot about it in the show. You birdie the first hole and you're nervous to do, you're nervous to birdie the second hole, right? Yeah. And Eric's obviously an elite player, but this is talking about birding two, three holes in a row and why not four or five? You know, because he's capable of doing it. And it's so really he, the he, only sport like it in that way, if you think about it, where you're kind of scared of success because you think about it so much, right? In basketball, you're running up and down the court, right? You're catching, you're shooting, you're right. in the groove. And it just, so I just love this, Eric. And this is for everybody just taking on not being afraid to succeed and his work at it. And I love the MJ quote, um, you know, why would I be afraid of a shot I haven't taken? And he said, don't block out the bad thoughts. Accept them and learn how to hone your routine and really just embrace the moment. So this is a great example of Eric, how he's gotten to that next level. You know, how you go yeah. from being a plus one to a plus three. And that's, yeah. at the end of the day, you have to make more birdies, but there's a place to get there. And just thought it was fantastic. No, I loved this episode. Again, this was episode 120, Mental Game Roundtable with Eric and Ward. And one thing I'll say is he was a plus one and a half. Now he's a plus three. And he talks about forcing himself to have self-belief. Let's reflect on what I just said. He's a plus three. And he's talking about forcing himself to have belief. Okay. Yeah. This is why I love this show because look, you've been a plus, you're what a plus 0.5 right now or whatever. I've been as low as a five. I've ballooned up to an eight right now, which we can talk about. But I think people like me and people that are even higher handicaps than me think that the plus three's got it all figured out, that they go to the course right. and they just, the game's easy. If they don't play well, they shoot even par. If they do play well or 74 or something, if they do play well, they shoot under par and it's an easy game, right? Misses are small, all that stuff. It's not true. They have discomfort. Plenty of bad shots. Plenty of bad shots. Plenty of, plenty of penalty strokes. <laughs> and know. I think a lot of people are like, why would I tell myself something that doesn't feel real? Well, sometimes you have to start there. We're going to talk about it later. Jared Hack. Yeah. I that shot a 57 and one the Arizona open and we had him on right after it. He talked about how he had never won a tournament, but he had to believe that he could. Yeah. If you don't believe things until they happen, they might never happen. We believe this show could be what it is before it was. Right. This is an example of Eric putting in the time to work on his self-belief. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is something I think is really big that I'm, I'm I want to do more on because self-belief is something that's been a real challenge for me. Around golf, I've experienced a lot of personal shame with it. I've been through everything you can imagine 
that you've experienced, I guarantee I've experienced it. And a lot of that comes back to self-image and personal belief. And so I'm glad you picked this one, sir, because I think hopefully it's a reality check for all the 15s out there that it's not like they have it figured out and you don't. This is a universal thing. Tour pros talk about how they're not comfortable a lot of the times playing, doing their best with their C game, managing their game, playing with what the course gives you. Eric just talked about it, but you got to have belief first that you can do it. Put in the, you got to put in the time. So, yeah, that was great. Love it. Well, again, that was episode 120, a mental game roundtable. Let's move on to episode 124. Another one of your friends. Look at Sir bringing on the guests. This, <laughs> yeah. this one, this one was really good. Again, you, you love this episode. Yeah. Episode 124 with Chris Selfridge. Chris was a pro player at one point. Now caddies on tour, but he's also a coach as well. So kind of like the three-headed monster right yeah. there. Lots of experience in the golfing world for a 30-year-old guy. All right, let's listen to what Chris has to say. Patrick just seemed to have such a... When he missed the green, he hit some, like, he hit some bad shots that day, right? Like some pretty poor shots. And you know, missing greens would say eight irons and stuff. But it, it looked like he loved... He really embraced and loved the opportunity to chip in. You know? And I remember watching the yeah. Dubai World Championship leader in the year in the TV here in my living room. And it was... He chipped in like three times in that round. And... He, and like his attitude to golf is obviously that it's not always going to be perfect. And this is a guy who's at the top of the game. And it's just like, he had that. I just think his mindset is really allowing him to excel. You know, Chris Selfridge, university of Toledo with my two brothers, Pat and Mike, best scoring average in Toledo history, playing the European challenge tour. And he caddied for Ryan Fox most recently. And okay. So who's he talking about there? The one and the only Patrick Reed, everybody's favorite. Player. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that was, I thought he was talking about Foxy. No. So that was Reed because they had played with Reed Got it. a few times. And then he, he really took notice of this. And then he watches him on TV to kind of like think about it more because he spent so much time or a couple of, they played with him a couple of times. So I love this, Ev. And one, it's the year of the short game. Mm-hmm. Right now, this episode came out, I think last year, maybe even 2020, 2020. Yeah. But this mindset, right? Of, we're always going to, we're always going to hit bad iron shots, right? We're always going to be missing greens, you know, but who's excited to try and go get up and down, right? Who's excited to make a great chip or really have fun with that. You talk about this or in the bunker, but here's the thing. Someone's listening like, well, I don't have a short game like Patrick Reed. Well, it's because you don't practice your short game like Patrick Reed does. Right. So, and guess what's our, let yeah. me interrupt you for one sec. It doesn't take a lot of practice to go from, I don't know what to do around the greens to excited to try and get up and down. I know that from experience. It doesn't take that much. It for takes sure. a half hour, hour a week. Exactly. And you can't get in that frame of mind unless you really spend the time with your short game, right? Because when you start spending time in your short game, you know, for the average golfer, you start understanding what to actually do around the greens, right? Yeah. So that's kind of step one. And then just keep honing your skills. And when you do that too, what I love about this being, you know, when you're excited for that chip, excited for that pitch is you're not thinking about that bad iron shot or where, you know, where your right arm was or your left foot or, you know, your lower body on that second shot, it's done. It's over. Mm-hmm. And you can go have a, just a day around the greens because you're excited about your short game. So Patrick Reed, right? Nobody loves him, but he's obviously one of the greats and i just thought that was so cool because that's the never out of it mentality 
He's, yeah. Patrick Reed's not the longest player on tour, as we all know. He's a bulldog. He's not. Like you. But, a couple bulldogs there. But his, his short game is just off the charts. It's so important, guys. Isn't it funny? That's a great quote you picked. And another great episode. Again, episode 124 with Chris Selfridge, coach, player himself, and now tour caddy. So really great mentality. He said some of the great quotes we've had in 200 episodes on that show. But isn't it funny, Serm, how when you're in a scramble and let's say you're off the green and someone put it to a few feet and you're like, all right, I'm going to try and make it. You're usually pretty close. Yeah. Like it's a weird, I'm not saying do that every time. Cause a lot of times around the greens, it actually is smart to take a different angle and play it, you know, 10 feet out left or whatever it is. It is interesting. I found that when you actually have this mindset of I'm going to go make it, you can get pretty close and what a fun way to play. Yeah, you know, you what a your- great way to just have fun with misses, you know, like I did off the tee for a while. Like I was hitting it in the trees so often. I just said, I can't wait to make par from here. Watch yeah. me. I'm a master from the trees. Right. And even if I didn't believe it, it's fun to say. Yeah. And it certainly provides a lighter way to play than God damn it. I suck again. Right. You got to, dis- it's a healthy way to disarm yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of relieve some tension. So. Good tour insight right there. All right, let's take a quick break and hear from another favorite sponsor of ours, and we'll get right back to the show. So it is crazy. It's almost football season, and it's going to be football season here very soon. And you guys, you know, a lot of people think that there's nothing better than playing a morning round and then getting back and watching football, right? Well, what better treat or gift to get yourself then getting yourself a Roosters belt that is the colors of your favorite either college football team or NFL team. I think they're more on college, but go to shoproostas.com, enter the code train, and you'll get 15% off and free shipping. You can check out all the colors. I know they're really big on college football colors. That's kind of how they started. And that's, I think, what drives a lot of their business is people wear the belts tailgating, they wear it to games, and then they wear it golfing, especially on game day. So shoproostas.com again these are stretch woven belts they got a bunch of different colors if you want a classic color that's not college football based they've got classics too if you want to keep it more subdued or if you want to get louder they got a ton of college football combos so shoproostas.com enter the code train get yourself 15 off and free shipping and you guys will elevate and take those rollback outfits to the next level all right let's get back to the show okay this one Term. episode 133 now before this we play special. this this i think this is easily top three we've ever done this is this episode dr joe kind of started it all for me author yep. of zen golf and i don't even know what quote you picked yet so i'm not going to say anything i'm just going to play it and i'm going to react live with you but i, yeah. I it's got to be good if it's dr joe parent so let's listen to what he has to say this is the key in golf you aim at a spot but you play to an area. I was working with Christy Kerr that transformed her game because part of her genius comes from her perfectionism. But then she would get frustrated if she didn't hit exactly where she was aimed. But once we open that up, it really frees you up to make a better, more committed swing. Example I give is if you put a shot glass in the middle of a big dining room table and I stand you 20 feet away and give you a quarter and say, toss this in, you have to get it in the shot glass or you made a bad throw. That's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And you see people get real guidey. 
you know? And then I say, now what I want you to do is take the quarter and aim at the shot glass, but anywhere it lands on the table is a good throw. Complete freedom, complete right. relaxation. So glad you picked this one. Go ahead. <laughs> Having fist bumping as we're listening to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it was to have Dr. Joe Parent, the author of Zen Goff, kind of one of the, if there's a Mount Rushmore of the great sports psychologists, golf specific, he's probably on there and just such a fantastic guy. I mean, Ev, I think you're seeing a little theme with me, some of these picks, like I love the insight to the tour, right? Christy Kerr, for those of you who don't remember Christy Kerr, she was one of the best LPGA tour players for about you know, 12, 15 years in the uh, 2000s and a little bit into the 2010s. There was tension and anger when it came down to not hitting her targets, right? Like she's struggling with this, right? So area, a big area, not the little itty bitty spot when you don't hit it. A look into what really helped her, right? And look, even the tour players can't cut it loose. The goal of playing good golf is cutting it loose, right? Is being tension free and not giving a damn where the ball is going to go, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. That's the goal. And it's hard. Guys, you know, if you haven't listened to this episode, you, but you just you got a little drill from Dr. Joe. When you're playing quarters, you know, do it, you know, you know like when, when you're drinking with your buddies, right? You're playing quarters, but you really, when you start, shooting to an area that's all you care about right it's just oh just land it just land it there you know as opposed to like well you really got to land it right there yeah it frees you up so i love the simple love the simple drill all in the effort to just let go of the tension great tour insight there and everybody can do the drill right now in your in your kitchen so if you haven't listened to episode 133 by dr joe parent stop this episode right now <laughs> And go to episode 133. I'm telling you, I actually listened to it back the other day. And I was like, holy shit, there's so many good nuggets here. I could make a million posts and videos from this. This is one of the best quotes and analogies we've ever had on the show. Because it's immediate. It's an immediate get. And you notice how he said, I have to. You have to make it. Right. See how that creates tension? You guys had this fun conversation of you said you have to have 110 in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we're talking about laying up on par fives. That was a said, good one. What do you yeah. mean? You have to. Would it be the worst thing in the world if you had 140? Well, no. I mean, you know. Or, yeah. Or 98. even. You know, or, or, yeah, right. 120 even, 130. You have to get to, and then you laid up a ball in the water and you couldn't believe it. Well, why are you hitting a four iron in a really, or a three iron in a really, really narrow spot? in a windy area because you thought you had to get to 110. So Joe, right. and yeah. this is something we've talked about with the member guests. We have to make part, we have to do this. You don't have to do anything. This is the best part about the mental game is everyone's trying to not miss it. Everyone thinks they have to make part. Everyone thinks they have to shoot a score. That's the automatic thought. The work and the practice is observing that and then saying, oh, yeah, I can see, I can see my ego trying to protect itself right now. Nah, I'm just going to play to an area, the fattest part of the fairway, and I'm going to rip it and we'll see where it goes. Because at least then I won't have any regrets. And I know I gave this shot my all. You hear Tiger talk about that. Yeah. Gives every shot, everything he has. And until you play a shootout, you might know, not know what he means. But once you play a shootout or a horse race at a member guest, you'll understand what Tiger does in every shot because you know that any one mistake can eliminate you. 
So you give every shot, you're everything. And that's what you got to do, but with the acceptance of wherever it goes, you know, and that's not easy, but this analogy from Dr. Joe, is just, it's perfection. It encapsulates the challenge that is the mental game. Yeah. The other draw I always like to remind you of this, if you're on the putting green, you're hitting long putts. It's a lot easier. Your mind is in a much better place when you're putting to a flag stick that's laying on the ground as opposed to just the hole, right? A 50 foot putt, you're just trying to, you know, you're trying to get it in the proximity. When you see a big target, this big thing, just hit, just hit the stick. Chances are you're going to do it, right? Yeah. And that gets back to areas versus itty bitty targets. So yep. fa- fantastic from Dr. Joe. So again, that was episode 133 by Dr. Joe Parent. If you haven't listened to it, definitely go do. Let's go to episode 150. So episode 150 Moving along. Is, is with Jared Hack. And this was just me and him this day, but truly one of the greatest stories we've had on the show. I mean, yeah. in 2018, to give you a little context, Jared missed 18 straight cuts on the Corn Ferry Tour, posting scores in the high 80s, high 80s, okay? And since working on his mental game, in the last month when we talked, he shot a 57, a 60, and he won the Arizona Open. So you want to talk about the impact of a mental 57 game? 57 and a 60. Yeah, casual. You want to talk about the impact of a mental game? This guy went from pretty much quitting the game to shooting in the high 80s as a tour pro to sh- winning and shooting 57, okay? Um, let's, let's just listen to it. I'm this it's it's so good you know I tell people a lot too it's like why do you get mad at yourself and I uh, trust me I'm guilty of it too I'm not saying that I'm I'm perfect at all but Hmm. you know if I was out caddying for you in a tournament and you hit a bad shot I wouldn't you know sit there and belittle you and stuff but we do it to ourselves all the time man you're such an idiot for doing well why it doesn't it's not any fun it's not useful so I've been trying to play this game with myself like every time I kind of start that little trend in my head or whatever it's like no it's like handing twenty dollars to everybody in the field if you think about it that's like a thousand bucks in a mini tour event or what you know you don't want to do that so uh yeah when you think about it that way it's like it makes it even more fun to stay positive because then you look around and you see some of these guys just imploding and it's like okay well you know i could have done that and i didn't i stayed the course and i controlled what i can okay now i love sound bites like this because he's gamifying it and he's making it a practice to stay positive, right? So this is the stuff that could transform games because it's not just something generic, right? Dr. Joe is really good at this too. He gives you tactical practices and steps. Jared did the same thing here with episode 150, where imagine every time you get pissed at yourself, you just had to pay everyone in the field 20 bucks. And every time you see someone get pissed off, it's basically like they just gave you 20 bucks. Yeah. Right? And so it's a great way to kind of take a step back, watch yourself and have fun with it, you know? And he, he said something else that's interesting. He said, he gets it. He's done it too. We've all done it, but it doesn't make it any fun when you're down on yourself. So whether you think it's true or not, you might as well pick something that helps the game be a little bit more fun. Right. And I think remembering yeah. that every time you get pissed off, you have to pay everyone in your group 20 bucks. <laughs> it's kind of a fun way to gamify positivity and to stay well, in it mentally. Well, what I love 
about that. He goes, man, I don't want to do that. It's a thousand bucks on a corn ferry. Tour. I'm on the corn ferry tour. I'm a struggling yeah. pro. Like, yeah. so what it, but that little additional add-on means he totally practices this, mm-hmm. right? Like this is like totally like part of his routine because he knows what the terrible ramifications are. And that's yep. got him to a place certainly to control his, control his anger and just not let his emotions carry over. We talk about it all the time, man. It's perfectly okay to get mad out there. It's the ones who forget it the quickest, right? Getting mad is better than getting down. The ones who get down, you know, depressed and all these, that, that can carry over into the next hole, the next shot. I know you love the, the little games, the game of fire. Yeah, yeah and, it's, um, it's one of the greatest tour success stories ever from a guy shooting late eight. <laughs> How can somebody, you I know, is. there's a tour player or mini tour player also shoot Matt and then 57 if, and 60. So, so what a journey about self-belief too. For anyone that thinks that your game is dictated by your swing and not your mind, listen to episode 150 because yeah. with Jared Hack, because it's a perfect dichotomy Good point. of someone that got in their own way, lost their way, and then finally started to have a productive mindset and his swing magically appeared, right? So I think it's a great reminder that this game is all about getting the resistance and the interference out instead of finding the perfect motion. The only way to find the perfect motion is to allow the perfect motion. And the best way to allow the perfect (laughs) motion is to get out of our own way. And you got to right? set yourself up for it mentally. Yeah. Yeah. So 150 is so good. Jared's yeah. a great guy. Oh, and the last thing I'll say on this term, I've never said this on the show before, but I saw a video about this the other day. You ever notice how kids don't need to be taught how to play? What do you mean? You're born, you're a little kid, you're one or two. All they do is play. You just give them the club. Here's your club. Not do- even golf, just in general. Like oh, okay. you give them an action figure or yeah. a box and they create a game, right? They don't not, they, they yeah. don't need to be taught how to play. It's, it's natural. Human yeah. beings are born with the ability to play. Right. We do need to be taught how to work. Right. So yeah. a lot of times we turn golf into work. We forget how to play. Jared's soundbite is a reminder to make a game out of it. And that might just bring out some of that childlike, enthusiasm and fun and probably will help you play better so you should because it is a game it's a game approach the game in a game-like fashion yeah, right that's game. what we don't forget that's what we always forget yeah Love it. all right guys let's take a quick break here from one of our favorite sponsors and then we'll get you right back to this show i promise so a lot of people have been dming me and my friends have actually been texting me especially my buddies for my bachelor party people have been texting me hey what's that code again for that sunscreen we're using in cabo and I'm like, it's train at oarsandalps.com. It'll get you 15% off. I think they're finally waking up to this fact, especially because they saw the story about, I think it was Banana Boat got recalled for having benzene, traces of benzene in their sunscreen, which is proven to be cancer causing. Same thing happened with Coppertone Sport. And I think they're finally realizing that, yeah, maybe I should spend like 15 to 20 bucks on a really good sunscreen that smells good, that protects me that doesn't have crazy chemicals instead of relying on my friend having something or the pro shop or, you know, random store on the way to the course. So go to oarsandalps.com, do what all my friends are doing, enter the code train and get yourself the best sunscreen 
per men's health in 2021. They've got a great SPF 30 spray, SPF 50 spray. The face, the ghost stick is incredible. It's great to have in the bag. And they also have a ton of other great products. So if you're going to use the code, might as well package it up and get some deodorant, some face wipes. Uh, they sent me some eye cream. I'm almost embarrassed to admit it, but they sent me this like sample eye cream. And Tara, my fiance, was telling me like, what, what have you done recently? There's something with your face that looks different, that looks like really bright and nice. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I've been putting on this eye cream that Orzen Alps sent me. And she's like, yeah, keep doing that. So <laughs> I guess my point is, is that men deserve to look good, feel good too. So go to oarsandalps.com, enter the code train, get yourself 50% off the sunscreen and maybe anything else that you deserve to throw in there. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, sir. Episode 188 with Rick Sessinghouse. Second time he's come on the show. Colin Marikawa's lifelong coach since he was eight years old. All right, let's play this and then I'll let you speak to it. And so we don't use the word expectations very often because it tends to have a negative connotation. Yep. Uh, it's like what other people expect or expect. Um, we, we talk about goals. We talk about, um, I talk about developing, uh, the, the word development to me is more long-term mastery type mindset. Hmm. Um, so even like the, the start of this year, um, I asked, Hey, Colin, what are some of the areas that uh, we need to improve upon? And it could be everything. I'll just give you one example of, uh, long irons ball below the feet, uh, a shot that he had at Kapalua. Okay. Now that's a very specific shot yet. It hasn't met to his standards yet, so we have a performance gap. I want to get better at ball below my feet with a long iron. That's pretty specific. So yeah. he has a list of those things that he wants to get better at, okay? that Yes, will that help him shoot a lower score? Yeah, but that may only happen one out of every four rounds that he's going to have that shot. So he's looking at mastering the game and looking at all these different tools in his toolbox and all these different – that's what I appreciate about him. Again, I guess my theme continues inside look into the, <laughs> into, into the best players in the history of our game. And Colin Morikawa is certainly that in the last five years. So Rick's amazing. He just fires me up. You know, I think he's just been an incredible guest. What I love about this, Ev, is this is really how everybody should be practicing. Go home after a round or after a couple of rounds like, hey, what, what shot am I not the best at? You know, what chip, you know, what... What long, what into the wind or is it down? What am I, what can I actually go work on? You know, I need to work on that crosswind shot. You know, you do that and then you go work on that, you know, and you learn the fundamentals and you learn the strategy and you have some fun with it. That's how you do it, right? He's not going to go reinvent his swing or thinking he doesn't have it or it's a certain move in a swing and it's not allowing him to hit the downhill fairway long iron shot. So it's very much a mindset. I mean, an example, I was recently talking to somebody last this past week who's older guy, mid 80 shooter, good player, you know, took the game up late in life. Somebody told him, Hey, you should be shooting in the seventies. And he took that to heart. And so he started taking a bunch of lessons and hasn't really been playing much this year. And his game has really kind of went backwards, you know, which can happen when you work on things, but He's telling me his coach is showing him pictures of Dustin Johnson and he needs to be here with his face angle and here mm. with his butt. And I said to him, well, you know, nothing against your coach or what you're working on or things, but why not think about getting your short game better or, you know, getting better at a shot around the green or a shot into the wind or that's where you're going to find three or four strokes. So I just, you know, the best players don't try to master the swing. They try to master the game, right? That's what Sessinghouse says. 
they look at things they can get better at and it's not, they're not obsessed with the mechanics. Sure. They work on things, but if you're an 85 shooter and you want to shoot 79, I don't think you need to go take tons of new lessons and learn a swing theory based on what the pros learned. Right. I think you need to actually just think about areas of your game where you can improve. I don't know. That was very relatable. I think everybody should go back to this episode because we get so much inside look on Colin Morikawa. Make a game out of practicing, you know? Yeah. I want to make something very clear on this too, is you might hear this and be like, well, of course, Colin Morikawa has got such a specific example that he wants to work on downhill lives with a long iron because he's good at everything else. But I don't think that's the takeaway. I think the takeaway is Colin is so aware of not just where he's not performing, but where he's uncomfortable. Yeah. And then to your point about what you do after a round, think about it. After a good round, we don't learn anything. We just feel good about ourselves. Yeah. After a bad round, we might not learn anything either. We just feel shitty about ourselves. So the point is, it's like, <laughs> well, you should do something after every round. Think about what shots or what moments gave you t- tension. Yeah. What and shots did ex- you feel most uncomfortable <laughs> with? Yeah. Because again, that's a practice, great example for of Morikawa. Yeah. Know? Practice is not makes perfect. Practice makes progress and also practice makes comfort. So what shots do I need to be a little bit more comfortable with? And uh, I actually told this example. I was on another podcast this past week as a guest. And I used an example of how Colin and Rick practice. Remember, he gave Colin the ability to hit the first shot himself. So he picks the club. He talks about the type of shot he wants. Then he puts down another ball and he says, all right, Colin, what would you change about that? Would you change the clubs? Would you put it back in your stance? What did you learn? Was the grass thicker than you thought? Maybe you need to put it back in your stance so you get ball first. So Colin has another chance to assess what just happened and hit it again. Third time, Rick would pick. Rick would choose the club. Rick would choose the type of shot. Yeah. And so he was ingraining that gaining information practice. It's not as bad thing happens and it hits the ego bad thing happens. And it says, well, what happened? Was that a lack of commitment? Did I pick the wrong shot? Did I pick the wrong angle? Did I pick the wrong club? Rick, since Colin was eight years old, has nailed into his brain the importance of feedback and learning. And Colin's example here is the perfect showcase of that. So episode 188, Rick Sessinghouse, if you haven't listened to it, amazing. Rick's one of the best guests we've ever had. And I just realized, sir, I made a mistake. I skipped Bob Rotella at episode 172. Can you believe that? The Godfather. Looks like we're going to have to backtrack. We're going to have to backtrack for a second, but it's okay. We're going to go back to 172. Anything else you want to say on Rick before we go to Bob? No, I just think for the aspiring amateur, you know, really think about this and and change your approach to how you practice. You know, it's great. All right. Bob Rotella. Here we go. Heard of him. Some people say to me, well, you know, it's really hard to think your way you want me to think, Dr. Rotel. And I go, well, it was really hard to learn how to hit a bunker shot. But you just <laughs> went in a bunker and hit billions of them until you learned how to do it. You didn't yeah. say, oh, God, it's hard to be a good bunker player. I said, you did that with every part of your game. So what if it's hard? And ultimately, you tell people, this is how you're going to separate yourself. Like in today's world, starting, you can find kids 13 years old who can hit the ball so good who can pitch it so good, bunker good, putt it good. I mean, we're getting to a point where now it's coming down to the mind and course management. Can you do those things? Teachers have done such a good job 
And with the money in the game, there's a lot of talented people that are really dedicated to getting good. And it's now like, okay, now can you go against other people that look just like you? In other words, you go out in the range at a certain level. You don't go, oh, those guys stink. They're no good. You go out there and everybody can hit it. Mm-hmm. You go over the short game area, everyone can pitch it. Everyone on the putting green can put it. It's like, okay, now we've kind of equalized skill. Think about the tour. Everyone's between like, I might be a little off, but let's say they're between 11.5 greens and 12.8 or maybe 13 once in a blue moon. Everyone's so closely bunched in ball striking, but it's a minimal standard now. If you're hitting eight greens and trying to play on tour, good luck. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. so you better be up around 12. But no matter how long you practice, you're probably never going to get to 15. So once you get to 12, why are you spending all your time still working on your swing? It's like, you better go spend it on the rest of the game or on your head or whatever. But I mean, that's a lot of what it's about. He had us dying. Like, he was very funny, too. <laughs> like he, That guy, I mean, you can yeah. tell why he works with Rory McIlroy and LeBron James. The guy yeah. is brimming with confidence. We've got to get him back. I mean, that was one of the biggest thrills of my life, to joke around. And he was joking back with us, with Dr. Bob Bertella, the godfather of sports psychology. Again, this episode 172. If you haven't listened to that, stop this show. Go back and listen to it. I think it's very interesting how if you reach the PGA Tour – you're all unbelievable, right? But why is it that some guys reach another level than others, right? It's what we've talked about in previous sound bites. Can you use your mind to not focus on where you don't want it to go? Can you be really focused on where you do want it to go? And can you commit under pressure with all the rankings, with all the FedEx points, with all the money on the line? That's what separates it. So the PJ Tour is the perfect example. They all can hit it. They all can putt it, but it's who can get out of their own way. That's the game. That's the pro game. Dr. Bob Bertella just reminded us he had a pro tell him, yeah, but Bob, all those things you want me to do with my head, that's hard. Well, no shit. If it was easy, everybody would be shooting six under every round. It's not easy for a reason. That's why I love this show is because it's the practice of it. Everybody else practices their bunker play and whatever you need to work on, but they don't practice the feedback gathering, the patterns in our own minds, the resetting, the positive self-image talk. I mean, it goes on and on, but I mean, pros are saying that to Dr. Bobertella. So I want our listeners to hear it's not easy. That's the point, right? Hopefully the show makes it a little easier, but it's a practice. And Dr. Bobertella, oh my God. What an incredible thrill. What an episode. Episode 172. Yeah. No, the grandfather, like you said, he was incredible. You know, it kind of made me think it's kind of relate this back to our 15 handicappers listening or 10 handicapper, you know, between 10 and 15 handicaps, when you're on the range, if there's a, you know, five guys, six guys, they can all hit it pretty good. Right. They can all yeah. hit it fairly consistent, high, far, you know, so, you know, what's going to separate you from the pack? And it's going to be your approach to the game, right? Is hitting that hybrid off the tee and putting driver away during the round is being able to get up and down from the bunker, you know, once in a round. We're talking about separators, right? And it's like really fine tuning the mental aspects for the tour players. Well, for 15 handicapper, you know, once you start eliminating a few of those penalty strokes, right? 
and being able to get out of the bunker consistently, you're going to, you're going to start separating yourself from the other four or five year buddies, but that's an approach and an understanding to course management. Like Bob said, I think that's a, just an, a great way for our listeners to kind of think about the little ways you can separate yourself. Love it. Well, I can't believe we're here, but this is our last soundbite. Number eight, this episode was another one of my favorites, clearly, because we rarely had a pro with a good amateur and the dichotomy of what Brad was talking about, you know, long touring pro with Carrie, his business partner of Red Rooster Golf Clubs, one of our partners, but also Carrie's a good player at three handicap. The difference of how they look at the game is paramount. I've got a soundbite from Brad here that really struck me. So I'm just going to play it. I consider my mental game to be kind of, especially in those days, 2012, 13, 14, to be below average. I felt like I overcame a lot of that just by seeing results like, hey, you finished ninth at Torrey Pines. That's actually pretty good for a guy with a you know, pretty bad mental game. Obviously <laughs> what we're doing is okay. Let's go forward. <laughs> a lot of like little demons, little voices in the head. And yeah. I've never figured out how to, to get rid of those. I think you just learn to live with them. And again, if I have those little things and they heighten my anxiety, my approach to the round and to golf in general kind of brought that anxiety down. Like let's, if we're going to have this kind of in the minus column, Let's have your process in the positive column. Let's try to balance it out. Like you said, Evan, I can, I can hit a ball. I'm pretty good that way. So there's so much that can go on in a round of golf and in a year of golf on tour that you can't get bogged down by one shot, one tournament, stuff like that. It, you have to have kind of a holistic approach. Like you have to believe what you're doing is correct. Then just kind of conquer your inner demons. It's like anyone who gets to the first tee in a pro-am. I played once with a guy who won a Stanley Cup for the Rangers and he was terrified on the first tee in the pro-am. I'm like, John, you've played in front of thousands of fans for the Stanley Cup. And he's like, yeah, I know, but this isn't my game. <laughs> you know, this isn't my game. I'm a hockey player. So you just have to kind of believe in what you're doing. It sounds simple for me to say, ah, get over it. Uh, but but that, you have to learn, learn coping mechanisms, right? right? A few things on this. Brad's been on every pro tour for a long time. This episode 192, highly recommend listening to it. But Brad had was very candid about how he never felt like he had a good mindset out there. He said pretty regularly he thinks about a shank and he's a tour pro. So very yeah. relatable episode. But he said something interesting, which is why I picked this. He said, I've never been able to quiet those voices. I picked this because I want to make it very clear. Sometimes people think that not hearing the inner voice is success or a good mental game or good meditation, right? But it's not. You're never going to quiet that voice 100%. The practice is to play with it and not see yourself as that voice. The practice is to see, hear that voice and say, oh, yeah, that's that funny voice that gets scared about everything. But I'm not that voice. I'm the observer of that voice. Right. And what Brad did that I think is really important is he always struggled with his mental game. So he made sure he had a really good process. So he hanged his hat on his process, his routine. And he says, okay, well, I don't feel good right now. I'm thinking about shanking it. 
I just have to do my process. As long as I do my process, I will probably be okay. That was his coping mechanism. We talk about executional keys under pressure over these last hundred plus episodes, right? 200 episodes. When you're under pressure and you don't feel great, what's the thing you can hang your hat on, right? It's not about quieting the voice. It's about believing in what you have and going with what you know what will work and giving it your best, right? Going yeah. back to committing. And you know what? Before you go, sir, I wanted to read something real quick. We've never talked about this. I actually think this should be its own episode down the road, maybe with John for Mental Golf Type. But I want to explain what anxiety does, what stress does really quick. And then I'll let you comment on yeah. Brad's quote. So the motor cortex, you know, in our brain that controls our, our ability to move when you experience stress, which is really any anxious feeling on the course, that, that's stress, your heart rate goes up, your motor skills deteriorate. So cortisol, the hormone that gets released during stress is a paralytic. So that's another thing that restricts your motor cortex. That's why you get tight. That's why there's more tension. Your body is actually reallocating resources taking blood flow out of your hands and moving it to your core. You're preparing to run or fight. It activates your big bulky muscles, right? To protect yourself. So all in all, stress inhibits your body's ability to swing a golf club. The yeah. only change, the only difference from the range to a shot on the course is releasing of consequence, right? So yeah. your ability to manage stress, manage anxiety, not quiet that voice, but manage it is the whole game. And I just think it's so interesting because the science, if we're looking at things in a way that stresses ourselves out, our body literally can't swing the club as well through science. And I just think it's so interesting. Totally. If somebody comes up to me and says, how do I get a good mental game, Matt? I said, well, you need a good process. You need a good pre-shot routine. You need to understand what are smart shots, what are not smart shots to hit. That's it right? That's, that's how you can get your mind to be in a better place out there. And when you're focused on that, that can help manage the tension, manage the bad thoughts, because you actually have a, you have a routine, you have a process. So you can't have a good mental game if you don't have the process. And if you don't have a pre-shot routine, if you don't understand at least how the game, how the best players play it. So that's what I would say. Awesome yep. to have Brad on talk about a guy who's Got a lot of experience on the tour. We're always rooting for him. So he's awesome. Yeah, that was episode 192 with the Red Rooster founders, Brad Touring Pro and Kerry, co-founder of Three Handicap. So again, really great way to see the dichotomy of how a Three Handicap thinks versus a Tour Pro. You'd think they'd be pretty similar. They're not. They're opposites. And yeah. so definitely listen to 192 if you haven't already. Okay, eight of our favorite sound bites. Again, we put a ton of time in finding those for you guys. I hope it helped. I hope it gives you excitement to maybe go back, listen to something again, or if you're new for the first time, figure out which episodes to maybe go start with. Before we sign off here, uh, what's your big takeaway? So we've done 200 episodes. What stands out to you of what we learned from 100 to 200? Well, it's, it's interesting. Ev. I mean, obviously, like from 100 to 200, we really, really got focused on the mental side of this game, right? Yeah. We talked about the journey of the podcast. I think we talked about it today. None of this is easy. It's not easy for you know, the 20 handicapper. It's not easy for the plus three. It's not easy for tour players. And just kind of realizing that. And then we've heard about a lot of different ways to how you need to put in the work. 
right? And there's no right way for everybody, but there's a lot of themes we get. A lot of it is, you know, honing your routine, having acceptance out there, working on your short game. So I would say these last 100, 200 really kind of simplified things for me and how the game should be approached. And to me, it's really a, it's a really balance of acceptance, working on getting rid of the tension and, you know, working on your fundamentals. So I know I'm kind of always a black and white guy, Ev, but the game seems, you know, I've been playing it my whole life and I've overcomplicated this game a lot. I always wanted the perfect swing in high school and that set me back. I see the game in a much more, it's helped me see it in a more simple way these last couple of years, you know, cause I don't practice like I used to. So yeah, I've got, you know, so if, so yeah, last hundred, 200 is simplified things with mental game, short game and fundamentals. Wasn't it funny, sir, how the more I focused on my swing this year, the worst I played, you know, when I had like one key and I was working on my short game, I was still hitting it all over the map. Yeah. I was shooting 78s, 80s, you know, which for me is pretty damn good. You know, I was six at that time. Now I'm an eight, but it's funny how you think you get something figured out and then you, you go back to that mistress of the, of the swing. It's so funny. I just want to make it very clear. I have felt lost again at times mm-hmm. because you're working on too many things. You're trying to get to certain positions. I think to me, the big theme from 100 to 200 is believing is seeing it's, it sounds so cliche, but seeing is not believing in golf. I know it helps. I know when you're hitting it good, it can breed more confidence. But if you think about everything that our pros said today, you think about Jared, you think about Brad, you think about Chris Selfridge, you think about Straub, who's a plus three amateur, but you think about what the coaches said, you think about what the pros said, you have to find a way to believe that you can do it. You have to give it your all and focus on giving your best shot at it, but then also have fun with it. Play. Yeah. See if you can chip in. Right. Watch me get up and down from here. Watch. I'm going to make par from here. For sure. Patrick Reed. Like I, I I said, the game's just not easy. So like, let's not make it harder than it is. Right. Everyone, everyone talks about how hard it is. Right. So, right. So we have to find ways and work on ways to have fun right? And be creative and embrace how difficult it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think yeah. they, from hundred to 200, this is what we talk about. So this yeah. is what we learn about. So, well guys, if this show or any episode has added value for you and helped you in your game, first of all, that's the greatest gift of all. So thank you for listening. Second, if you could do us a solid and spend one minute dropping us an Apple podcast review or Spotify five-star review, if you're not on iPhone, that'd be awesome. We Love really that. appreciate that. Keep your eyes out. This week, we are going to have a 200 episode giveaway, a oh, big giveaway, multiple it's be, giveaways. It's going to be real big. On Instagram, thanking everybody for their support. So if you don't follow us on Instagram at the part train, definitely do. TikTok and Twitter are also good places to find us at the part train. So no matter how hard this game is, no matter how much anxiety you might feel on that first tee, no matter how many bad shots you've hit leading up to it, what do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride and cheers to getting to 300. Let's get to 300, shall we? Cheers, guys. See ya.